0: President Trump has described his administration as a, quote, well-oiled machine. That might not be true as a general matter, but it's a pretty apt description when it comes to judicial nominations. In addition to the successful Supreme Court nomination of now Justice Neil Gorsuch, the president has selected 11 men and women to the all-important federal appeals courts, and three have now been confirmed by the Senate. More than two dozen other people have been nominated for federal district courts and other tribunals. Democrats are starting to complain about the process. A new story in Politico says several of the nominations were made without taking the traditional step of consulting with the home state senators. With us to talk about Donald Trump's campaign to remake the federal judiciary is Carrie Severino, she's chief counsel at the Judicial Crisis Network, and Caroline Fredrickson, she's the president of the American Constitution Society. Welcome to you both. Um, Caroline, I, I know you have some concerns about the people Donald Trump is supporting, but I want to talk just, bit, if we can, at first, just about the scope of what he's doing. Is it fair to say that Donald Trump is moving much more quickly and assertively to fill vacancies than Barack Obama did eight years ago?
1: Well, without a doubt, he's, um, he has been moving very quickly. Um, and I think, as you mentioned, the um, well-oiled machine um, – seems not to apply generally um, with respect to the Trump administration, but they have definitely moved uh, much more quickly um, on uh, judicial nominations, which I think for many of us, because of the caliber of the people he's nominating, is very concerning.
2: Carrie, also... Is it true that there have been a lot more nominations for him to fill when he entered office because of the fact that Mitch McConnell, much as he held up the nomination of another Supreme Court justice and didn't have any hearings on Merrick Garland, also tried to hold back on federal judge nominations? Actually, at the end of Obama's term, he had he, he was
3: confirming judges on par with the same uh, time period in George Bush, Bush's uh, second term. I think you just have kind of a, an ebb and flow of the number of vacancies. And Donald Trump, I, I agree, has um, come in with a great uh, number of vacancies. Uh, different presidents have had more and more less, but on average he has a, he has a great number to fill. So, well, I can't uh, uh, And he has made it a higher priority than, than but President Obama, just didn't make it a higher priority, particularly in his first term. So he's certainly moving with a lot more speed than President Obama did.
0: I just knew the two of you weren't, weren't going to agree on everything. Caroline, it sounded like you wanted to jump in there. Go ahead.
1: What time frame you're talking about, but there was a historic vacancy because Mitch McConnell decided that the last two years of Obama's presidency wasn't going to allow any judges practically to get through. So um, let's set the record straight here. Um, the reason why Donald Trump is presented with so many vacancies is because Mitch McConnell is a fierce partisan, Uh, and took it out on our nation's court system and uh, left so many um, vacant seats. And now they're uh, jamming through. I'd like to quote back Kerry, who accused President Obama simply of trying, when he tried to fill vacant seats on the D.C. Circuit, of packing the courts. Well, I actually think that that's what Donald Trump is trying to do. He's trying to pack the courts with a bunch of of, uh, of very... questionable nominees.
0: Caroline, let me, before we go back to Carrie, I, I want to ask you, um, given the way you just described Republicans uh, a- acting, um, are we not seeing some of those the same tactics from the Democrats? What, what, what are you seeing from the Democrats in dealing with the Trump nominations? It, it seems like they are, are, are trying to push back pretty hard.
1: Well, you know, they have very limited leverage, um, honestly. The, um, uh, what they are trying to do is assert their constitutional advice and consent role, Um, They're supposed to be consulted before nominations get sent to the Senate. Um, They're supposed to have a role that is played um, in the Senate historically uh, through the blue-slip process um, where home state senators get to register whether or not they are in agreement with the nominees, um, and that's not being respected.
2: Carrie, as far as the the blue-slip process, I'd like you to explain it and whether it is supposed to be used... For, for home state senators who don't want to approve who, or who don't approve of the judicial nominee before them?
3: So the blue slip process isn't a Senate rule or any, any, any laid-down rule. It's a practice of senatorial courtesy that goes back about 100 years. And really, under every Judiciary Committee, it's had a different process for most of its history. Um, and I think that's what it, as it's described now. It doesn't mean it's an absolute block on a nominee where the blue slip has not been returned. Um, or even where a negative blue slip has been returned from that home state senator. And uh, that's what Democrats seem to be asking at this point, but that's simply not historical for what has been happening. However, at this point, we haven't had anyone move forward that didn't have a blue slip uh, return so i 'm not, I'm not actually sure what what uh, is complaining about at this point. We have had Democrats holding up trying to hold up nominees saying, Oh, we need time to look at these nominees um, it, it, a length of time that I would describe as unreasonable when these are people who are well known in their home states. The idea is these senators should know their states well historically it was more Common to give them seven days to return their blue slips. Now senators are asking for extended periods of time, and it's really just a matter of foot dragging, as we've seen the Democrats doing with confirming uh, the Trump nominees from the cabinet on down.
0: Kerry, um, you were talking a moment ago about you said uh, Democrats are are sort of dragging their feet in in handing in the so called blue slips that are the home state senators basically saying, uh, go ahead and consider a nominee. Um, When you look big picture at at everything Republicans and Democrats have been doing on the subject of judicial nominations, are Democrats really doing anything that Republicans didn't do when the shoe was on the other foot and Barack Obama was in the White House?
3: Well, uh, we've been talking about the blue list up until now, but I think a a real significant point that is a big contrast is the way that they've used just Senate procedure to require extensive amounts of debate for all these nominees. You even have uh, David Nye, who was a nominee who was a former Obama nominee, who had unanimous support in the Senate, 100 votes, who they required the 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 Republican senators to go through cloture, required them to, to spend 30 hours of debate allocated to his nomination. These are nominees who would have absolutely been confirmed by a voice vote, by unanimous consent um, in any other uh, type of administration. Typically, there are a lot of judges who were confirmed that way. And nowadays, this is not something that they reserve for anyone who's even remotely controversial. It is just simply everyone across the board. Again, even people who have unanimous support, they're trying to pull out all these procedural stops to slow the process down that's that's an abuse of the process and shouldn't be uh, shouldn't be continued it's not in the best interest of the American people
2: Caroline I want to talk about a controversial appointment John Bush he was confirmed to the Sixth Circuit just some of the uh, more notable things that he did was or said was he compared abortion to slavery. He also spread Obama conspiracy theories on on blogs. Does his confirmation indicate, and it was down party lines, mean that there is no way for Democrats to block a Trump appointee, even one that stands out as unique? Caroline? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Um, Go ahead.
1: So I did. I just want to um, – this actually relates to something that Carrie was just saying. Um, you know, the, the major point here is that um, the Republicans did away with the filibuster for all judicial nominations. And so um, the reason why there were so many uh, vacancies is that uh, they created them by blocking every single one of, of President Obama's and keeping those seats open. That doesn't exist uh, anymore. So – uh you know there are other tactics that the democrats are forced to use um, and partly because these nominees are really so extreme um, and the conspiracy theory that uh the the nominee uh was active in spreading was that president obama was not american that he was uh kenyan uh and therefore not uh, appropriate as uh, as the president i mean this is completely out of line with what we should be expecting for the caliber of our uh, federal judges Um, and so it is very concerning. Um, There have been others who are equally disturbing. Uh, A nominee who has called Justice Kennedy a judicial prostitute I mean, these aren't the kind of people we think have the right temperament to be sitting on the federal bench.
0: Carrie, let me have you respond to that. In particular, with John Bush, he is now on. He's now Judge Bush uh, was confirmed by by the Senate. But you heard June describe some of the things that he said uh, as a blogger. Um, is he in the mainstream? Is he fit to be a federal judge?
3: Well, first, I do have to correct one glaring factual error where she said Republicans were the ones who eliminated the judicial filibuster. Completely false. That was Harry Reid in 2013 who did so in order to allow President Obama to fill up the D.C. Circuit, which had the lowest caseload in the nation, and where judges were twiddling their thumbs. This is why I thought he shouldn't be packing that court. So um, the the Republicans helped get rid of it for the last step, which was the Supreme Supreme Court. Court. But all of these are appellate nominees that had everything to do with Harry Reid, nothing to do with the Republicans. Um, These nominees are people who, are fulfilling President Bush's or President Trump's promise, campaign promise, that was very significant in this last election. I think a key to his winning, which is that he wants to put nominees in the court who are going to be in the line of Justice Scalia, who are going to be committed to the Constitution and the law as written. That's something that in this election was squarely before the people in a way that I don't know that it ever has been in a presidential election before. And we even saw one fifth of voters going to the court the uh, polls with that is their number one issue and they broke decidedly for trump so these these nominees are are fulfilling that campaign promise and i think their their judicial philosophy is the most important thing here and that is that is very squarely in line with justice scalia C-
0: caroline is everybody like john bush um, you know, I look at somebody like Kevin Newsom, the last judge who, who was confirmed. I know him a little bit. Um, he's somebody who clerked for Justice Souter, a liber- liberal justice. Um, are we are we painting with too broad a brush here when, we, when we're talking about Trump nominees? Well,
1: I think all the Democrats are asking is that um, just as President Obama prior to nominating anybody always consulted with the Republican senators, um, and worked with their judicial selection commissions. Instead, what President Trump is doing, who, by the way, was elected by a minority of the voters, um, not the majority of the voters, um, what President Trump is doing is he is making nominations without consulting in advance. And that's the problem that Democrats have because they are being cut out of this process and expected, at, you know, after President Trump picks somebody as extreme uh, as uh, Judge Bush, um, to. Uh, turn over their blue slips without having been uh, ha- played a role in the selection process, and that is completely unprecedented.
0: We are going to have to leave it there. I want to thank our guests. That was Caroline Fredrickson. She is the president of the American Constitution Society and Carrie Severino, uh, chief counsel of the Judicial Crisis Network. I'm sure we'll be, be talking to both of you more. We, of course, do have the prospect of another Supreme Court vacancy or perhaps more during the, the Trump presidency, and we will certainly have many, many more lower court nominations as well.